produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Another episode of Weeby Geeks. Um, the only show that's happening this week from my end of the world. Uh, I know Derek's going to get his plethora of shows, but um, well, let's just say. Oh, sure. Jinx me. <laughs> pressure's on. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Pressure's on. <laughs> um, Wookie Radio, we had technical difficulties and a in there. Oops. I got spammed. I got jammed, and it was not Raspberry. Adding a little Spaceballs reference. I don't know if you caught, and I haven't heard anything from Ken, but the stuff on the Google Drive, did you notice the Spaceballs? No. Okay, I'll save that for after show. Um, hmm. Then yesterday, weather up where Eric and Kylan are, severe thunderstorms and tornadoes affecting everything. Like, oh, Let's just not risk it, especially since Alabama, which is where Eric lives, got hit a couple a week or two ago. It was pretty severe. Let's not risk it and let's kind of take it seriously at the moment and we'll just save it for another day. No big deal. But that brings us to today. Hi. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> um, check out our homepage, WeebyGeeks.net. Down the right-hand side, got our affiliates, Loot Crate, I believe, Trivia 50 or Trivia 35. You could get a heavy discount on your Loot Crate box, like your Star Wars indoor box, but you better get soon because in the March or when they run out, it's done. And that Loot Crate's kind of special to us because, well, Ken's getting it. I'm getting it. You're talking about getting it. And it's got five or six items in it from our, our friends over at Heroes and Villains, who, if you use the code WeBeGeeks, all one word, 15% off your first purchase, just like you would over on Found Me, which are awesome Bluetooth trackers that will help you find whatever device you're missing. Keychain, phone, book bag, purse. If at a convention, your husband or your wife. Ooh, that's a thought. <laughs> well, no, because they got to be within 100. I'm assuming they got to be within 100 feet. So mm-hmm. you start just walking around pinging it. <laughs> Eventually, you'll get to the right spot. <laughs> That's what we need to talk to them about. You need to turn this into a way that it can be increased the range. Convention tracker. <laughs> but no, I think we, I know I've been having fun with mine. I think you're having fun with yours. Um, I'm actually looking at. Yeah, testing it out. I'm actually looking at getting a couple more. Uh, I know they don't have them on their store, and I'm willing to go to eBay and pay for it. But I want Chewbacca for my backpack that I got from Heroes and Villains. <laughs> that commando backpack. Awesome backpack. Mm-hmm. I'm still loving that thing. It's great. It's comfortable. <laughs> um, so check those out. Check out superhero stuff where you can get some great Captain Marvel gear, which a lot of that is made by by our world, who is the owners of Heroes and Villains and found me. So uh, supported them, helped support us, and it's an awesome time. New jerseys coming from our web store who um, they just went through a name change. I don't have it on me exactly, uh, but Miss Marvel jerseys are being updated and are available, or not Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel jerseys are being updated and are available now to buy. Spider-Man jerseys for in-game and Far From Home are popping up, are going to be popping up this weekend. And since it is getting to be summer, and baseball. Uh, we're going to try and do baseball versions of all these shirts as well, with these character shirts. 
So how about that? It'll be fun. So, Sounds good. Um, so to start us off, how about this big news? And <sighs> you ain't kidding. Um, I know when Eric alerted me to it, he got it from he saw it, the tweet from Sean Gunn, but James Gunn is back at the helm of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I guess crazy. Um, I think there were some events that happened a week or two ago involving Jimmy Kimmel and someone from the from the view involving Blackface that um made this just a little easier to swallow to bring him back. That's my <laughs> guess. Um we know last fall, last summer, Gunn was dismissed because of a bunch of tweets that he supposedly deleted prior to becoming a part of the Disney Marvel brand, which great, smart move. But we know with Twitter, anything you put up there, someone is saving it somewhere and it's going to be found eventually. So what's the lesson mm-hmm. learned? Just don't say it. Pretty much. I mean, I don't care how big of a, a great person you are or a moron you are. Just don't say it. Don't If, if it's something that you, that you would be embarrassed to have come back and haunt you later down the road, just don't say it now. If you're going to say it, email the person later if you have their email address and do it that way. Not that I'm encouraging that either but anyway um so we know the whole mess that went um went through all that well with the rehiring of gun being in the works for some months now prior to the announcement according to deadline um one suspects the outcry not only from fans but the guardians cast members um it's especially dave blue pants batista um there's a long story behind that. It's when he came back for something, he was wearing blue shorts and everyone called him blue. Or yeah, it was blue shorts that they were calling him. Cause all of a sudden it's like, he stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, (laughs) Just, just go to YouTube and search uh, Dave Batista blue shorts and you'll understand. And no, I'm not sorry for putting those or forcing you to see those images. I watched it live and I've still got nightmares. Um, But no, Batista at one point threatened to quit the franchise if Gunn was not reinstated. So, oh yes, that's right. Uh, and chances are that was one of the things that was convincing Disney to bring him back. Uh, but shortly after news broke, Gunn himself tweeted the following message: "I'm tremendously grateful to every person out there who has supported me over the past few months. I'm always learning and will continue to work at being the best human being." I can be. I deeply appreciate Disney's decision, and I'm excited to continue making films that investigate the ties of love of love that binds us all. That bind us all. I have been and continue to be incredibly humbled by your love and support. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Love you all. So, um, doing this and doing uh, the next Suicide Squad. Well. Yes, that is the case, because according to Deadline, Gunn will still be retaining his role on the Warner Brothers project before returning back to shoot Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So Very cool. Um, I will take that in a heartbeat. Definitely, yeah. And it... it... Yeah, it's just it's good. It's good that it happened. I am generally surprised. I didn't think that Disney would, you know, change their minds on that decision. But uh, I'm glad to see they did. And, uh, you know, it's it's one thing when, you know, somebody has something like this that happens and. And, you know, how it affects people. But if, like, in James Gunn's case, he genuinely has apologized for it and he knows you know he he didn't he didn't try to make excuses for it but he right. did try to but you, you know, know he, he knows he was wrong i almost put this with um call it with the whole thing with uh kevin hart and the oscars that man apologized for stuff back when that stuff happened for him there is no need to force him to apologize again Again, now mm. for that, just because, oh, you just found it now. You've been in a cave. Oh, you a caveman finally crawl out of cave, out of hole in ground and found Kevin Hart tweet. So you want him removed from Oscar. How about finding the crap where he 
apologize back then for it. So sorry. I'm in a good mood because I saw Captain Marvel tonight with my with my family. <laughs> it's just <laughs> tired of stupid idiots. So that's all I got to say. Um, yeah. Yep. 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 I'm glad. To, I'm well, glad to see him back. Um, I'm glad. Yes, I am too. I am glad to see that things are being overlooked. There is a second chance. And let's hope he's able to keep his nose clean. And at this point in time, I don't care what gets drug up now. I, I would put this in that whole double jeopardy thing of he, he can't be tried twice for, for the same crime. Well, as long as we don't find out he killed somebody or something. <laughs> I think that would just help the movie. <laughs> so it is it is it is also interesting to note that. The uh, future of Guardians of the Galaxy Three was has been in question this whole time. So now it, you know it's good to see that that James is back, and hopefully everything will be back on track as far as that goes. Yep. And I am actually kind of looking forward to seeing what he does with Suicide Squad as yeah. well. Yeah. No, knowing, knowing for one thing, knowing that they got rid of Will Smith as Deadshot and are bringing in Idris Elba, that's a definite plus. That, that's the that's the big rumor. Uh, no, I heard it was confirmed. I read it was confirmed. Well, I will take your word for it. Oh, great! Now I'm gonna <laughs> now if I'm wrong, I'm... <laughs> I'll still no. take your yeah, word for uh, it. <laughs> well, that was the last I had read. I had read it was confirmed. He is actually doing it. So hopefully, I read correctly. Awesome. I love Idris Elba. He's so cool. Yeah, I, I would love to see him as Doctor Who, but I don't think he'll do it. Just for the same reasons as why he won't do James Bond. He doesn't want to be typecast. Mm. So I don't know if he can be typecast at this point, but <sighs> yeah, but he he's got that fear though. So it's him holding yeah, himself yeah. back from those roles. Yeah. Mm. So. Anyway, um, but you know, I keep thinking about Disney Plus and how that's coming soon, and I'm still waiting for um, pricing. Mm, yeah, that, so I heard in, in the release date. On, uh, <clears throat> and of course, we know the the Disney Fox deal is coming up, and we're still waiting to see if Disney's going to buy out Warner Media, their ten percent share of Hulu. <laughs> but you know, with Disney Plus, I wonder what if. Well. What if it turns out there was going to be a series based on a comic book <clears throat> that is one of my favorites that uh, um, isn't actually around? Well, they had a, a, a couple of issues last year come out. And what if I told you that this comic series was going to be on the Disney Plus as an animated series? And what if I told you that this is going to be a very interesting animated series because it is based on Marvel Comics' What If series? Ah, uh, oh. yes. <clears throat> mm. I think well, that's a great concept what if I and great idea. Mm. And so Tuesday morning, iFilm broke the news that Disney Plus uh, is going to have, in addition to a bunch of other Marvel shows that have been announced, they have announced an animated TV show adapted from Marvel Comics' What If series which is one of my which has always been one of my favorite series because it is a series that takes takes story ideas and characters and stuff <clears throat> out of the Marvel universe and changes their story around to make new and interesting stories um for example there have been stories like what if Peter Parker never ceased his calling as a crime fighter and remained a civilian throughout his life Mm. Or, what if it was Loki? Who, hmm? I say, what about the, the famous mashup of the book that never existed, but could be fun? What if the Hulk was Rick James? When we know it's supposed <laughs> to be Rick Jones. Mm. Uh, there's also been stories like, what if Loki, it was Loki who wielded the power of Mjolnir, not Thor? Or what if Captain America hadn't been unfrozen during World War II and awoken decades later? And all kinds, there's been all kinds of great what if stories. Basically, it's like if you took fans like us 
and listen to some of the conversations we've had, like, what if this happened or what if that happened? That would be. And you made a comic series out of it. Those are scary conversations. And we know because we were there. We were there. (laughs) But uh, so, of course, in keeping with the tradition of the What If comics, the series on Disney Plus is going to be independent of the Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. So, you know, like like the What If comic actually has nothing to do with the Marvel canon, then this show will have nothing to do with the MCU because, you know, it's a What If. Right. Um, how, which is different than the other Marvel series that are coming to the platform, uh, like the Loki series that we know of and such. Those are actually going to be in canon with the MCU. Those actually will be connected, allegedly. Well, I think these would be fun if they're canon, but in that alternate universe type way. Or That could happen. Or it starts off, say it is a, what if Rick Jones was the Hulk? Mm. And we get the whole story of Rick Jones as the Hulk. And at the end, it, it's, oh, it's just a dream. <laughs> and, and, so, and either starts or ends with some sort of the, the person involved is falling asleep. Or something, or... Or got knocked out, some. Like, go with... Yeah. Um, this, this is going to be a very interesting... Like I said, I love the comic, and I'm quite looking forward to this, ser- this, this animated series. They could really do some fun stuff with it. Uh, right now, according to iPhone, though, though, it looks like the only actual confirmed story in development will be the one where Loki gets Mjolnir instead of Thor. But like I said, every comic book fan has ideas of what if this happens or what if that happens. So there's an endless amount of possibilities for this series. And this one's going to be awesome. I can tell you that much. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 pretty excited about this one. I'm right there with you. I I am excited. I can't wait to see this because this would be just something totally different. Uh, But I mean, this is is one of those books that you never thought this would be a great series. Mm. It's almost like Marvel's version of the storyteller. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. There's so much you can do with it. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. And of course, they show in this article, they show the cover. What if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? It's a great one. Is that where but we got Batman? Have, um, no, that was actually from was, okay, yeah, uh, a, the Spider-Man comic. That actually happened in continuity. <laughs> um, but I have a question for you. Sure. What if What if the Dark Phoenix movie actually turns out to be really good? <laughs> <laughs> the date is uh, 3.15, not... Four one. So save your <laughs> April Fool's joke for later down the road. <laughs> so, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> Fox executives say it's the Disney deal that's hurting the X Men Dark Phoenix. Um, didn't we talk about here? I know we talked about over on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Um, the test screenings just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's think about that for a minute. If you go out and do a test screening and it gets worse, wouldn't you stop doing the stuff that's making things worse? Wouldn't you go the other way? You would think so. Maybe try and improve it the other way? Well, no. Instead, we're going to come up with excuses of, oh, no. Um, the movie's taking setbacks because it all comes down to Walt Disney, Walt, the Walt Disney Company's impending acquisition of 20th Century Fox. Uh, according to Vanity Fair, Fox marketing executives expressed a concern over the strategy of promotion of Dark Phoenix because of the impending purchase. Uh, we know when we're dropping a trailer, but we are nowhere near where we should be at this time. Uh, it's frightening. I would be mad if I were a filmmaker. Well, you know what? We already did the whole Stark Phoenix storyline, and it was called X-Men 3, The Last Stand. And it started in X-Men 2. It's horrible. It was not good. So, and now you're trying to have us believe that these characters are taking place in modern time, where we saw with Days of 
future, past, present, now, tomorrow, whatever, that it takes place in what, the 70s? Mm-hmm. And, and then you got, and the characters don't age well or, or, or actually age beautifully where they keep looking young. And you're trying to say, well, now they're in, we're in the 2000s. Come on, let's get our timelines right. Uh, I'm still confused on where apocalypse, what time period apocalypse took place in. That was in the 80s. Okay. And that's when we start seeing Gene and, and everyone then, right? In the 80s? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming yep. this is going to take place in the 90s? I, mm, not 100% sure on that. So, it might, I think so. So if that's the case, if that's the case, cool. But how, you know, York's, this is where I see James McAvoy saying, oh, the X-Men will not fit in the MCU. Well, no, if we're keeping this universe and this group of actors, let's just say you guys have hit your last film, period, done. Sayonara, goodbye. Yeah, at this point, it's kind of a... Marvel's going to recast everyone. cares? Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, and whoever he gets to do the new films is going to recast everyone. So, um, First Class was great. Days of Future Past was okay. See, I really liked Days of Future Past. I thought it was good. Apocaflop? Well, flopped. That was painful. And, and now, now I'm fearing you're going to go the same way with X-Men Flat Phoenix. <laughs> it's going to fall flat. And unfortunately, our track record's pretty good when it comes to us giving nicknames to some of these movies. <laughs> I mean, okay, Batman Heart Superman, The Yawn of Justice. Yes, thank you, Chris, for modifying the original. Um, and, you know, Justice Flop. Yeah, they did well in the box office, but they were horrible. But critically, they were panned hard. Point blank. They were, critics came out and said, horrible. A lot of the fanboys are going, this is horrible. A lot of fanboys who said it was horrible were also the same trolls who tried to say, oh, but it's all Marvel's fault. Well, no, you're the one saying it and then trying to blame it on Marvel because... Well, just like the rest of the universe, we want DC to put out a good superhero movie, as they did with Wonder Woman. Despite the fact that I'm now understanding people's complaints about Ares in the film. Yes, true. Ares should have been used as a tease or a sub-villain to promote the Doctor more. and should be used to help promote Chitara more in the next film. And just used mm-hmm. as that catalyst for the actual villains that we fight. The actual the actual execution of the Ares character was not n- not the greatest. Yeah, it felt it felt flat, but but I think there was enough strength that didn't take away from the rest of the film. Yeah, yeah, it's still a really good movie. So, um, so to continue on, uh, let's see. What's not normal is the elephant in the room. Which is that most people there are not going to be the people that are still in the job when the movie opens, says another source at the meeting. Nobody has come around and said, this is what's going on. Why can't they just tell us that there are there is no place for us? Why can't they let anyone know, added the marketing executive. We are not leaving because we didn't make money for the company, nor did we, nor, or we did a bad job. We are leaving because of, the, of pure capitalism. Um, now, Simon... Kimberg has iterated that it does not have any impact on the movie that he made for Fox with the acquisition. Because I haven't been in formal talks with Disney. I know Kevin Feige very well. We haven't had formal talks because until the merger is official, they're not allowed to have those kind of conversations with the folks at Fox or myself. But of course. But isn't Kimberg also doing crap for Lucasfilm? Mm. Isn't he involved with Resistance somehow? I'm not sure. <clears throat> Um, now, what's interesting is, obviously, I started this movie long before the Disney purchase of Fox, and I approached the movie knowing that it was the fourth movie with our first class cast, and that the Phoenix story for me is the ultimate X-Men story. Well, it's going to be the last sure. of this X-Men story. Dark Phoenix premieres June 7th, and maybe the last kids on Earth will enjoy the movie, but I doubt it. <laughs> nice. You, you laugh like a well, something. Uh, speaking of the last kids on Earth, uh, the good folks at Netflix are producing a new animated series based on the book series by Max Brallier called The Last Kids on Earth. And uh, this thing's going to have quite the cast, I must say. 
Um, so the story follows a 13-year-old named Jack Sullivan and a gang of middle schoolers who live in a decked-out treehouse, play video games, gorge yourselves on candy, and battle zombies in the aftermath of the monster apocalypse. Sounds like a perfect life. It's a hilarious series filled with wise-cracking kids, crazy gadgets, and a lifetime supply of zombies and giant-sized monsters. So it's kids next door to the next level. Who did they get for... Mm, kind of, yeah. <laughs> and who did they get? Who did they get as voice stars for this series? Well, none other than Mark Hamill, Ooh. Keith David, Ooh. Bruce Campbell, Whoa. Uh, Rosario Dawson, Whoa. Catherine O'Hara, Whoa. Garland, <laughs> Garland Witt, Mons Hernandez, or Monsi, uh, Charles Demers, and Nick Wolfhard, who is set as the lead character, Jack Sullivan. So, here is the official synopsis of the series. Ever since the monster apocalypse hit town, average 13-year-old Jack Sullivan has been living in his treehouse, which he's armed to the teeth with catapults and a moat. Not to mention video games and an endless supply of Oreos and Mountain Dew scavenged from abandoned stores. But Jack alone is no match for the hordes of zombies and winged wretches and vine thingies, and especially not for the eerily intelligent monster known only as Blarg. <laughs> so Jack built a team. His dorky best friend Quint, the reformed middle school bully Dirk, Jack's loyal pet monster Rover, and Jack's crush June. Aw, that's cute. With their help, Jack is going to slay Blarg, achieve the ultimate feat of apocalyptic success, and be average no longer. Can he do it? So the author of the book put out a statement saying, The way the series resonates with readers around the world, it's absolutely humbling. I'm so pleased that the adventures of Jack Sullivan and his friends will continue to grow both on the page and now on screen. I couldn't ask for better partners, Atomic Cartoons, Netflix, and Penguin, to help me share these stories. And I'm beyond excited to reveal the newest cover while announcing this incredible cast. Seeing these actors bring the characters to life is a dream come true. So I'm not I'm not uh, familiar with this series, but it seems interesting. It definitely seems aimed towards younger viewers, but uh, I don't know, with, with a good cast like that and an interesting storyline, looks like it might be worth checking out. Yeah, I I would be I'd be all in favor of it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean, it was a no, great cast. Mm, I don't see a release get, date yet. It's probably still in the early stages. And this is coming to Netflix, right? Yes. Yep. I finally saw the Netflix trailer for the new Ultraman series. Oh, yeah. It's the anime. I saw that, yeah. My only thing that I'm frustrated with is it's going to be subtitled. Yeah, me too. But it's okay. I want. I have the the first Ultraman series on, I think it's DVD. Nice. Um, But I would love to try and get it on Blu-ray. Mm. But I also want... Uh, yeah, like the there's been more than one season, more than one Ultraman, with the original Ultraman kind of being the mentor for all the others. I want them. Right. I want them. <laughs> it's a show I loved as a kid. Give it to me. Yeah, Ultraman was cool. Yeah, the only thing it looked the the the, the new series looked interesting, but yeah, but my problem with subtitles is that I always feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. Between trying to read the subtitle, especially like with that trailer, everything's happening so fast. I like I don't want to take time to read the words. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? Oh, wait, hold on. I forgot to do something. Oh. I guess that can only mean one movie we're talking about. The Flush. And we're going to start off with... Um, Speaking of good <laughs> nicknames for movies. Yeah, that was the obvious one. With the perfect sound effect. Um, the Flush saga has taken another strange turn as uh, Ezra Miller is rewriting the script with the help of comics legend Grant Morrison. Why is he doing this? Because he's attempting to tackle the film story over a, since there's been a clash 
with directors John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein over the tone, and this could uh, ultimately lead to the actor's departure. Hmm. Now, according to The Hollywood Reporter, the reason why Warner Brothers allowed the rewrite of of this comes down to timing. Miller, Ezra Miller's initial holding agreement for The Flash is set to expire in May. Let him go. Let him go. Um, so we could get a recasting very soon. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and wrap up Flash next season as well on TV and move Grant Gustin or Grant Austin over to the movie. Yeah, really. Um, now, recent rumor has suggested that the flush could go into production as early as November, which seems unlikely with Miller and Morrison rewriting the script, as well as Miller's commitments to the Fantastic Beast franchise. Uh, while J.K. Rowling's third installment was recently delayed, that film is also expected to begin production before the the year. At this point in time, just recast them. Sorry. The whole thing's going to be rebooted anyway with Wonder Woman 84. Let's just go yeah. ahead cast him aside as well no pun intended and just move to somewhere else to someone new uh to his credit miller has explained that he has dedicated to creating a flash movie that will make fans proud at this point in time cool get the writing credits for it yeah Move, move on to something else let someone else come in um Anyone who knows this is from Miller. Um, anyone who knows anything about Barry Allen knows he's always late. But when he arrives, he gets stuff done. And that's definitely how this film's production schedule is proceeding. We're a little late. A little? But the reason why we're late, and this is the honest to God truth, we're all, and myself included in this, we are very meticulously focused on making a movie that is just not one of the greatest superhero movies we could possibly make. This movie is also going to be a gift to the fans. Yeah. yeah. You, you want a gift to the fans? Ezra Miller, continue writing the script with Grant Morrison. Take your money there and cast Grant from the series into the movie. That's all there is to this. Yeah, really. Um, So, I mean, we had a second story that was tied into this that I'm sitting here glancing at it. It's essentially the same story. Mm. So, you don't like it, go see the doctor and he will give you your fate. And I think your fate is you're gone. (laughs) I don't know about the fate of the flesh, but the fate of the flesh. But, uh, what was that again? That that had a nice ring to it. The fate of the flesh. The fate of the flush. Okay. <laughs> yes, we get. So we do an- get another, silly on the show. So silly. Yeah, just just uh, look at last week's episode for some silliness. <laughs> that was a great episode. <laughs> yes, it was. So, in addition to the fate of the flush, the fate of the Justice League is in question as well. After. Uh, You know, the uh, train wreck that was the Justice flop. Uh, But after that, it looks like uh, Warner Brothers is going to be maybe switching directions a little bit, trying other things. We know, uh, as you said, Mike, they're going to be rebooting, trying a reboot with Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, The Shazam movie is actually looking good, I must say. Yeah. Although. I'm wondering where that's going to fit in, but into the timeline. But well, it's anyway, just, it's um, just like Aquaman. Where is it going to fit? Right. Yeah. But um, now it looks like uh, they might be also veering away from the Justice League a little, maybe uh, moving into the Justice Society of America a little bit. Ooh. Um, because Go back in time, yes. a little period. Mm, well, I I could dig that. Um, sources, yeah. This well, this this is actually kind of interesting. Check this one out. Uh, there's sources now that are saying that Warner Brothers is planning a film based on the DC character Doctor Fate, who is uh, an interesting character. Always yes. been one of my favorites. Um, there's reportedly already a story in place. And it looks like, according to sources, the first half of the movie will be a period piece, and the second half will be set in the modern day. Hmm. 
Interesting. Uh, apparently, Warner Brothers is looking for an actor between 30 to 40 years old to play the mystical hero and might end up going with a person of color. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Dr. Fate, well, then, you know, what are you doing with your life? But uh, <laughs> Dr. Fate is Dr. Fate is a mantle that's been passed down through many generations over the years. Um, the most famous version that most people know is archaeologist Kent Nelson, yep. who gets his power from the golden helmet of Naboo, which, when worn, causes the host to be possessed by the spirit of the ancient source of the ancient sorcerer, Dr. Fate. Now, just so you're aware, this is not something that had been in Padme Amidala's closet. <laughs> helmet of Naboo. I get it. Yes, yes, yes. That <laughs> took me a minute, but yes. Sir, um, says. Actually, met. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, of course, the current incarnation of Dr. Fate is uh, a character named Khalid Nassar, who is an Egyptian-American medical student who first donned the helmet in 2015. So there is a possibility, given the information that has leaked out, that maybe they're doing the first half of the film with Kent Nelson and then doing the second half of the film with the new character, uh, Nassauer, um, possibly. That could be interesting. Cool. Uh, but no matter what they decide to go with, I think Dr. Fate is an interesting choice and one I'd be very interested in. It'd be kind of like, it'd be kind of like uh, throwing out DC's version of Dr. Strange as far as the movies go. Yeah. But yeah, I've always liked Dr. Faye. He's, he's a cool character. Sometimes, you know, he's good. Sometimes, eh, questionably good. <laughs> true, true, true. But he's he's very interesting. And I I've always I've always been a fan of the the magic characters in both Marvel and DC. Yeah. Well, Fate, I mean, it's just like Doctor Strange. I mean, it's a great great tell. I mean, it's a great character. Yeah, so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you could do a lot of fun things with him. Yeah, well, you could also do if we could turn back time. But that's not what happened last week. We went forward as opposed to all the people <laughs> who who did this shit. Oh, it's it's time change weekend. You could turn back time. Wrong. You go. For, <laughs> you spring forward, fall back. But um, Taiko Waititi is um taking time in a different direction. He is going to turn Terry Gillum's classic Time Bandits into a TV show. Oh, I love Time Bandits. So, um, Apple has greenlit a TV reboot of the relentlessly goofy um, Time Bandits. So, uh... Trying to find. See, I love Time Bandit. I, I love Terry Gillum. 12 Monkeys was great. Brazil was okay. Yep. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Superb. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, here's the good news. Um, Watiti is the co-creator of What We Do in the Shadows and director of the weirdest MCU outing out there, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, while he is no Terry Gillum, he is on his own distinct, has his own distinct comedic sensibility, which should ideally ensure that Time Bandits 2.0 is something different and therefore well worth the reboot. So that would be awesome. I, I mean, I don't know if it's going straight to Apple or if it's going to feed to another streaming service, but that would be awesome. Yeah, it would. So uh, that's that's going to definitely be awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, but if you don't, if you think Time Bandit seems a little bit alien to you, well, just check out our next story. <laughs> Well, we're killing of it. Time. We're, we're killing it with the segues tonight. <laughs> Indeed. Speaking of time, here's a chunk of time for you. It's been 40 years since the first Alien movie came out. Really? 40 years. That means 1979. I was like slash eight slash nine when that came out. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, 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 right. I was five. Thanks for making me feel old. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, you're right there with me, mister. To celebrate the 40th, yeah, I know. To celebrate the 40th anniversary, um, 20th Century Fox has invited a new generation of filmmakers to play with the Xenomorphs. That's cool. Uh, as Yes, as they're doing a series of six online short films. Oh, wow. uh, the six short Yes, the six shorts were created were created in partnership with Tongle, the online platform that connects brands, studios, and networks with online filmmakers to crowdsource new content. Wow, there were more than five hundred and fifty submissions for oh, this. Wow, from, from creators looking for the chance to to do their little bit of add their little bit to the mythology. You don't say. Yes, 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 yes. And that those 550 submissions were somehow narrowed down to six final projects. And I got to say, I'm impressed with the people that narrowed it down. That must have been a heck of a job. I would hate to have been in that position. I know. Huh? So according to Tongo co-founder and CEO James DeHulio. Uh, Say that five times fast. This partnership with Fox. No, thank you. <laughs> this partnership, this partnership with Fox is really reflective of Tongo's mission to bring creative opportunities to the next generation of talent. Being able to give filmmakers everywhere the chance to make their mark on an iconic franchise and extend the alien narrative was really special for us and everyone involved. And the super fans delivered in a big way. Yeah, 550 submissions, I'd say so. <laughs> we can't wait for the fans to see what they've created because at the end of the day, it was made for them. Oh, that's Aww. nice. <laughs> so the sh- <clears throat> excuse me, these shorts are going to be released weekly online by the entertainment site IGN beginning March 29th. Okay. Before being added to, I said okay. <clears throat> before being added to AlienUniverse.com and the at, at Alien Anthology social media channels alongside exclusive behind-the-scenes content starting May 5th. Uh, but the official debut of the project comes at this week's Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. Oh, that is going on where, right now. Uh, mm-hmm, where a selection of material from the project will be screened ah, today, Friday, cool. with an additional screening set for March 23rd at C2E2 in Chicago and March 30th at WonderCon. Ah. And, indeed, and, of course, we also have official descriptions of the six shorts. And one of them is Alien Alone. Hmm? I was going to say black with white stripes, blue with (laughs) green stripes. (laughs) One with purple polka dots. Uh, the first, Alien Alone. How'd Hope. you see my an abandoned, <laughs> An abandoned crew member aboard the derelict chemical hauler or Toronto has spent a year trying to keep her ship and herself alive as both slowly fall apart. After discovering hidden cargo, she risks it all to power up the broken ship in search of human life. Written and directed by Noah Miller. Alien containment. Four survivors find themselves stranded aboard a small escape pod in deep space. Ooh, ooh, that's claustrophobic. (laughs) Trying to piece together the details around the outbreak that led to their ship's destruction, they find themselves unsure who to trust, whether or not one of them might be infected. Uh, Written and directed by Chris Redding. Alien Harvest. The surviving crew of a damaged deep space harvester have minutes to reach the emergency evacuation shuttle. A motion sensor is their only navigation tool, leading them to safety while a creature in the shadows terrorizes the crew. However, the greatest threat might have been hiding in plain sight all along. Directed by Benjamin Howdshell. Alien Night Shift. (laughs) That's cute. When a missing space trucker is discovered hungover and disoriented, his co-workers suggest a nightcap as a remedy. Near closing time, they are reluctantly allowed inside the colony supply depot, where the trucker's condition worsens, leaving a young supply worker alone to take matters into her own hands. Written and directed by Aiden Bresnik. 
Alien ore. As a hardworking miner of a planet mining colony, Lorraine longs to make a better life for her daughter and grandchildren. When her shift uncovers the death of a fellow miner under mysterious circumstances, Lorraine is forced to choose between escape or defying management orders and facing her fears to fight for the safety of her family. Written and directed by the Spear Sisters. Interesting. And finally... We have Alien Specimen. It's the night shift in a colony greenhouse, and Julie, a botanist, does her best to contain suspicious soil samples that have triggered her sensitive lab dog. Despite her best efforts, the lab unexpectedly unexpectedly goes into full shutdown, and she's trapped inside. Little does she know, an alien specimen has escaped to the mysterious cargo, and a game of cat and mouse ensues as the creature searches for a host. Written and directed by Kelsey Taylor. Well, that's cool. Very interesting. No word on how, what the actual length of these shorts is, but, you know, they're shorts, so. Right. Some should be 24 inches, maybe some 30. <laughs> Wrong shorts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, um, these shorts are definitely going to have me on the edge of my seat when I get to that point. But Warner Brothers is saying Edge of Tomorrow sequel in development. Uh, Tom Cruise, L. Emily Blunt, and director Doug Lyman are expected to return should they like the script. Um, I don't know why this hasn't happened sooner mm. since it had been discussed. Um Frequent cruise collaborator Christopher McQuarrie wrote the script to the original Edge of Tomorrow with uh, Jez Butterworth and John Henry Butterworth uh, credited as screenwriters. Um, of course, we know it's a military PR guy who gets stuck in a time loop amidst an alien invasion. Every time he dies, he starts over. Uh, now, the sequel... Uh, there is really not a lot of information about it. Um, but if it's something similar, I'll go see it. I actually enjoyed uh, Edge Tomorrow. I thought it was a great film. Yeah, it was all right. It, it's one, if it's on TV, I will stop and watch. <laughs> so Once again, I am not a fan of Tom Cruise. I'm not either, but I can overlook it with this. Just like I can overlook that with Oblivion as well. I think the story carries enough. I've never, I haven't actually seen all of Oblivion. I I finally got to sit down and watch it from start to end, and I loved it. It, it, it was, I thought it was pretty creative. So, um, I guess it's uh, your turn for final, final story of the week. Well, this is an interesting one, and it's, it's something I'm not sure has been done before. Um, or maybe if it has, I don't know with what. But um, uh, as as you may know, there is a reboot of the movie Pet Cemetery coming out soon, um, starring John Lithgow and a host of others. And it looks like uh, they're going to be releasing Pet Cemetery uh, in an ultra immersive 4DX release that will bring the horrors to life. <laughs> so, so uh, I've never actually done an actual 4DX movie, but I, I haven't kind of have a. I mean, I've done like I've done like you know like immersive rides at Disney and stuff that are right kind of like the the old Bugs Life and stuff, which still I remember still poked me in the back really hard. Oh, and, <laughs> you must be talking about tough to be a bug. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That one hit me right on the spot. I me too. Oh, man. I was good. not expecting that. No. <laughs> so uh, this is coming from CJ4D Plex, which is the world's leading cinema technology company uh, in Paramount Pictures. Uh, so they're releasing Pet Cemetery and also the animated film Wonder Park are both coming out in 4DX. And according to Jong Ryo Kim, the CEO of CG4D Plex, Paramount Pictures continues to be a strong supporter and partner of the 4DX cinematic experience, and we are beyond excited to grow that partnership with the release of two highly anticipated titles from their 2019 film slate. This is one of the most exciting ways to experience the year's biggest movies, and we look forward to bringing additional titles in the latter half of 2019. Uh, then he said, we can't wait to share Wonder Park and Pet Cemetery with audiences everywhere in 4DX theaters this year. 
I don't even know where there's a 40X theater anywhere near me. I'd have to check on that. Yeah. Uh, and expand our partnership with CGX 40 Plex. Oh, that was from Mark Vianne, president of International Theatrical Distribution at Paramount Pictures. Paramount Pictures is always looking to create new and engaging experiences for audiences, and we are excited to utilize new technologies like 4DX to showcase great stories in unique ways. Now, 4DX is, if you're not aware of it, is an innovative theater technology, as they say, that enhances the on-screen visuals of action-packed blockbusters and haunting horror films, uh, transcending the traditional cinema experience through special effects, including motion-synchronized seats, wind, fog, rain, lightning, snow, bubbles, vibrations, and scents. The result is one of the most immersive cinema formats in the industry, drawing fans into the action on the big screen. 40X currently reaches more than 624 locations worldwide, with well, 15 cool. of those lo- with 15 of those located in the United States. So there probably isn't one near me. <laughs> Was that the 40? But yeah, so it's ba- yeah, so it's basically like like an interactive movie in a way, because the theater is set up to have effects that will mirror what is happening in the movie. Right. Which does make it kind of interesting for a horror film, I think. Um, Maybe that might be a little too intense. Regal Cinemas has it, Mm. but I'm not sure who has it, though. Mm. 4DX. What what theaters? Shazam's supposed to be in it. Uh, For me, the closest one is Regal Point Orlando, here in Orlando. Um, Let's Mm. do this. What's your... I have to... I have to travel to Boston, it looks like. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, right outside of Boston. Revere. I wonder who else. It's like an hour or so away. wonder who. See, they don't make this easy for you to find out what happened. No. Uh, in cinema. Yeah. I, this is insane. It's difficult to find. All right. Anyway. Um. So that's it for stories. Wow. Got some yeah, good stories. that's all I got. Uh, any, well, I got a couple of final thoughts, but I'll leave it up to you first. Any final thoughts? Mm, I got nothing. Cleveland Browns have just put the NFL on notice. We picked up, sorry, being a Browns fan, I'm excited for this. We went from being one of the laughing, the laughing stock team in the league to people going, oh crap, there could be some seriousness here, to this offseason. <laughs> we've landed one of the biggest deals out there. We signed Odell, or the Browns, we, I follow the Browns, yes. The Browns signed Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants. And now everyone's saying the moment Brady retires, the new dynasty is hello Cleveland. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a bit of a stretch to go there, but yeah, Cleveland definitely has put the league on notice. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. Sure. And I had something else, but uh, I can't. Go. So uh, <laughs> on that note, if you have nothing more, I've got nothing more. Nope. All we can ask is want to know more. <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.